Hi, I'm Lisa, and welcome to Kanini Kega. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Kanini Kega. Today, I'm joined by my cousin, Cindy, and I'm sure, as you can tell from the title, we just wanted to have a sit-down chat and talk about what it means to wholeheartedly embrace the new chapter that you're about to enter, especially as we go into the new year and just so many things will be different once it hits 2021, especially for the two of us. So we just wanted to discuss what that's like, especially from two different perspectives. So I will let my cousin introduce herself. Hello, Cindy. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So yeah, my name is Cindy. I'm currently in my last year of high school, so I guess that's um, senior year, 12th grade, and I'll be done by May, so that means I'll be done with all my exams and graduation requirements by May of 2021. So generally, I'm just looking forward to this new chapter. It's a bit nerve-wracking, but you know, I think that's what's fun about it, and I'm really looking forward to just getting into university and seeing what that holds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking into approaching your graduation and everything, how has the journey been like for you throughout your years of high school, moving back and forth between school systems, Mm -hmm. first of all, and countries? What were those transitions like for you? So generally my transition, I did my first two years of high school in Ethiopia. I was at an international school there called ICS. And... Over there, I would say it gave me a lot of global exposure. I got to meet people from different countries and just get a glimpse of the world through the people I met and the friends I had. And then for my last two years of high school, we got posted back in Nairobi, so we moved back. And I attended a school that does the IB system. And for those that may know, the IB is not easy. It is a, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to summarize it as. But I think, That system and moving back home has really taught me to appreciate the people around me. So that's made me bond with a lot of family members that I didn't have the chance to, especially people from my dad's side. And I also got to learn how to be more driven in myself, like in the work I have and academic projects and research things that I have to do to graduate and I'm really glad that I got a bit of both because now I think I would confidently say that I'm able to go somewhere and keep that mentality of working hard, getting work done and just doing my best while also being open to learn about different cultures, people that have different backgrounds and just being able to interact with them in a very special way. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like even as you're going to yet another school system when you enter university, now you're like, well, it's not like I've been doing one my entire life. I've been able to transition Mm -hmm. and it'll be okay exactly so I think what I'm excited about again that idea of switching different school systems it's so unique because every school system has something very special to offer when I was younger I did actually study here so I did the national system and what that taught me is I really have to take education seriously you know it's engraved in every African household that education is the epitome of your future And then I moved to Ethiopia where we took a more, let's say, liberal 
American approach of learning. So I got to learn that there's fun in education. It's not just about reading books. It's not just about getting the best grades. There's more to learning about yourself and discovering who you are. So I got to do a bunch of extracurricular activities. I learned how to play an instrument. I discovered that I'm really good at sports. I discovered that I can travel the world and participate in different activities. I can serve my community. And that gives me an opportunity to learn how to better myself and to apply my learning into real life situations. And then when I got here, I learned that life isn't easy. <laughs> the IB is really good at teaching you that life isn't easy. And I got to learn that um, it's important to to open your mind up to different possibilities and opinions around the world. I got to learn how to explore or put to test what I've learned in different ways. So I've dived into so many research topics of concepts that I've never really bothered to explore further until I gave it a try in different reports or in different assignments. And I realized this idea of global exposure and just learning about different cultures and different um, historical systems and ideas really inspired what I want to study in the future. So um, I think I can say, right? Yeah, <laughs> what are you studying? Let us know. So I'm planning to study political sciences. That's my first option in um, Canada. And I'm just really looking forward to doing that major. Yeah. Before I ask why Canada, mm -hmm. why political science and have you always wanted to be in that field? I would say I got inspired to do to go into that field um, again in Ethiopia because at the time my dad was working with a lot of NGOs and um, embassies so he was really involved in that diplomatic international relations field and I re I was really inspired by how he like the life he had what he was able to do and all that exposure he had it inspired me because I saw my dad helping people but a part of me is also really interested in the way we distribute power around the world you know how governmental systems work whether all the sort of the, the political systems that we have in place in different countries work and why it might work in one country and not work in another and how the distribution of power is so centralized and possibly what we can do to better our leaders because something I personally noticed especially here from home is leaders hold a lot of people's they hold a lot of responsibility the lives of millions of people are literally in their hands and the decisions they make mm -hmm. and unfortunately there are leaders in those seats that we hold for them that don't take this seriously and right. I strongly believe that it's something that they should take way more seriously they shouldn't just make empty promises right. or just promise or say or do to do all of these things that have no meaning behind them you know the job of a politician or generally the job of you being involved in politics is something that you really have to take seriously and wholeheartedly mm -hmm. you're giving yourself up to serve so many people and I personally love helping people I love seeing people have their voices heard or have their say in something it's really important and I just wish to be a part of helping people get that opportunity as well. So that's what really inspired me to dive into political sciences. And is there like a particular issue at the moment, either in East Africa or anywhere around the world, that's just you feel very strongly about that you'd want to speak to? 
I think um, we were discussing this earlier, but I think it's that concept of um, how 2020 has really opened up my eyes to the disparities that we face all because of someone's race. And I like strongly believe that despite all the cultural differences we've had in the past, you know, us ourselves in Africa, we've had a very deep history of um, white supremacy because, I mean, the, the, the colonial history of different countries in Africa is not a beautiful one per se, but it has shaped who we are today. And I would say my hopes for us as Africa is to really stay true to the cultures that we've had, even mm-hmm. way before we fell short to that colonial um, history, but to also learn from that chapter of our lives, despite how painful it was. And I think what I've been learning or seeing from people recently is that we've really abandoned the traditions and cultural specialties of our of our countries and our people and our tribes and all of those and sort of opted for a more let's call it western per yeah, se. Yeah, I was about to say in the name of westernization. Yeah. And it's sad, you know, because th- that culture is what defines who we are. It mm-hmm. has shaped the identities of our grandparents, of our parents in a very special way and we're losing that touch. For right. example, something simple as for example, knowing kikuyu, you know. Yeah. For both of us, I Lisa's way more fluent than I am, but like I barely understand like a few words here and there. And when I hear my mom talking to her sisters, mm-hmm. or when I hear my mom talking to my older cousins who at least have an opportunity to speak, I'm always like, dang, I wish I could do that too, you know? Mm-hmm. And my mom is always telling us, I, I wish you guys knew Kikuyu, you know, I wish you guys could speak it. And I'm like, then teach us, but you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. And I think for our parents, once we came around the modern or the more widely spoken language like in the country and now East Africa it's spreading is Swahili. Mm. So for them in their mind it's like let's teach them Swahili because that's they'll be able to communicate with more people and maybe that's because of urbanization and just more cultures intermingling and so Swahili kind of came to the top and Kikuyu wouldn't have been something we would have been able to speak with many people mm-hmm. but I definitely agree that's something that we always say like why didn't you teach us we want to be able to speak back I it's something that still like touches me because like you know sometimes also we have a tendency you know to go visit our grandparents in rural areas and you know there they predominantly speak the mother tongue languages so yeah. that can include kikuyu that can include other languages depending from what side of Kenya you're from so mm-hmm. for my end um, when you go visit my dad's side of the family, I actually have to balance between two languages, Kikuyu and Kikamba. And unfortunately, I do not know any Kikamba whatsoever. So, <laughs> and my grandmother, that's all she knows. Yeah, exactly. So there's a huge communication barrier. I want to connect with my grandmother at a very special way, but I can't seem to speak how or know how to. And... My hopes were for me to at least be able to initiate like a very simple conversation with her before I go because you know once I leave I really won't have the opportunity to learn that language in Canada or wherever I'll be. So it's it just sometimes makes me so sad that I get, didn't get that opportunity and sometimes I do wish to put the blame on my parents like you know it's you guys' fault because you didn't teach me you could have taught me as a kid. But I guess I kind of understand because, you know, when you live, especially around the city, you tend to, it's so diverse and so blended. You can't just 
decide on teaching your kids one language and them not being able to cope with another. And I right. think the aspect of my parents being from different sides mm. and speaking two different languages, you know, I don't think it would be easy for a child to learn both. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that really also kind of just made them agree on a common ground of let's just teach the child Swahili because that's a language we all know. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So you spoke to Canada, you spoke about Canada a little bit. And how did you decide to go there, first of all? And how are you feeling about moving within the next six months? Oh my gosh, it, it didn't even hit me in six months. <laughs> but um, I actually chose Canada because my dad spoke very highly of it. He worked with the Canadian University there for about, let's say, I think four years or so. So it was actually the last posting he had before we moved to Nairobi. But um, what made me choose Canada is because my dad used to say, Cindy, you know, when I went there, the teachers are so supportive. The students have opportunities to learn and to like get into many, very, like very many internship programs and to do all of these things. The immigration office is actually very friendly and you know you don't have to worry about getting a visa and being rejected unless mm -hmm. you like genuinely aren't a good person I guess yeah so hearing my dad speak about it and just kind of assure me that it's a good place to go is really what solidified me have like thinking of myself going there mm -hmm. and at some point our school started hosting a few colleges you know when they came to present this is our university this is what we offer so when i saw some in canada i was so intrigued i'm like this is such a beautiful place like universities in montreal some in toronto some in um i think nova scotia and halifax those are the main cities that came to present and i was i just remember falling in love with most of the universities there and i was like yep this is it canada is it so even though I did get questions actually from your side and from some friends and family friends in the US like, oh, why aren't you gonna come here? I would say um, it's not that I don't want to, but I think I'm more receptive towards Canada. And I think something that kind of actually made me a bit skeptical about applying to the US is first how expensive universities are there. I think that's something we need to talk about especially for international students like, oh my i'm sorry i know we're from different countries but that doesn't mean that we're freaking rich <laughs> like you know yeah and another thing was i think the tensions that were arose in that country especially this year i i know i heard a lot of my friends and other people planning to apply to the u.s looking taking a double look and saying um if this is the case that's going to be there, if I'm under threat just because of the color of my skin, I'd rather go somewhere where I will not necessarily suffer with that same tensions. And it's not like I've heard Canada's an angel country, you know, I'm sure they have their problems as well, but I think the U.S. has a few more issues they need to tackle before they they remain a complete top option for most students. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so terrible for high school students to be second guessing their college options because of the nature and the yeah. political climate of the US. Yeah. It kind of shows you how deep politics is, you know, and how it touches on everyone. Another reason why I'm intrigued to study political sciences, you know, because as much as we don't want to admit it, politics touches on 
almost everyone's life Mm -hmm. and you might try to stay neutral and say i don't really involve myself in politics it's looked down as this dirty game you know this corrupt tool used in so many leaders' hands but it at the end of the day you're a stakeholder in that and you have a very important say on what goes which is why i think we really need to redefine and i want to be a part of that redefinition for politics is in today's century in today's like 21st century and even going forward to the future we really need to redefine some things of the past mm-hmm. to add a bit of touch to of what our generation has experienced and to just maybe and ensu- and maybe this is optimistic of me but maybe to redefine what we consider a norm in our government and our leadership um platforms and everything mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's so doable because I know, especially like for me, going through middle school, high school, a lot of people would just be like, oh, I'm not into politics or I'm not into this or that. But I think something that 2020 has shown people, especially June, around that time Mm -hmm. when so much was happening in America, Mm -hmm. so many people realized that I'm going to have to get involved, whether I like this or not. Politics shapes every single decision that happens in any country. And it's going to be ha- especially if you're in a democracy you're going to have to educate yourself on what's going on in order to participate in the decision making mm-hmm. and so what you're saying about being able to change the mindset of people when it comes to what politics can do both the negatives and the positives i think in this generation especially having social media people there's no there's, there are way more issues being brought to light by people sh- simply sharing it on their stories the things that were happening in Africa that you yes. were sharing, like just little issues here and there that are usually easy to sweep under the rug, maybe for people in high positions. So many people are being able to expose these issues because of the tool of social media. So I definitely agree that there can be another positive route that's taken in the upcoming years. And I'm glad that's happening. You know, I'm glad that we're finally initiating a conversation around those topics that are so easy to dodge or avoid because you don't want to trigger someone quite frankly i would say do whatever it takes to have your voice heard you know mm-hmm. even though someone might not listen to what you have to say your voice matters so deeply what you have to say could potentially change an entire community and you shouldn't keep that to yourself speak up and maybe not a lot of people might listen but at least you've done your part of saying what's there exactly and it's not going to be easy, you know, bringing change because change is a gradual process, but it is inevitable. And we have to accept that we're a part of it too. So we either get with it or it takes us, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So what are some, what's the word? <laughs> Hesitations you have about moving, just going to college in general. Is there anything that you are feeling a bit iffy about in this next stage of life i would say i'm nervous about you know not being around my family as much anymore you know say it's safe to say that in the past i wasn't too far from my family members i was flight wise i was only an hour and 30 minutes away from home but now i'm literally jumping to a whole other continent a whole other hemisphere you know and it (laughs) it's threatening it's nerve-wracking to think oh my gosh I'm not gonna spend Christmas as usual with my family back at home it's gonna be harder for me to go visit them 
expensive even so it's not going to be as frequent Mm -hmm. so that idea of me properly leaving okay not properly leaving home but leaving home you know it's exciting it's nerve-wracking it's all of these things at once so I would say like just that idea of coping with homesickness did you go through it as well yeah I definitely got homesick my first semester especially because spring semester is a bit easier than fall semester because there's a break in between spring break is like right in between the semester but for fall semester the fall break doesn't happen until end of November mm-hmm. and so you're going from August to September to October November and then that's when you for me that was the first time that I was seeing my family so I definitely got homesick at times one of my good friends I'm the first week I met her I was telling her yeah I'm missing my parents and her parents lived an hour away she's like girl I'm going home come home with me and that's how we're really good friends to this day so it's definitely nice to find those people who can help you build a home away from home Mm -hmm. because yes your family will be away but you're going to be living there for the next four years and so as you're adjusting and coping with homesickness being able to find the find your people to help with that is was really helpful for me Mm. yeah I've heard that conversation from my mom, actually. (laughs) You know, moms and just how they tend to care about, oh, where's my baby going? What is she going to be doing? So my mom was like, can't you just go somewhere nearby? Like, this university is literally just 20 minutes away from home. You can move out if you want, but, like, you know, you'll still be close. And I'm like, no, mom, I need to, I want to take this extra step towards being independent. And maybe they might look down upon it, but I think it's a good change. You know, it's going to shape where I'm going in the future at some point you know you're not going to be relying on your parents for everything anymore and I think it's finally hitting them and it's hitting me as well slowly by slowly but I think it's important to have those friends that you can call family I know at Canada I have some actually some really great friends of ours that we've had since Ethiopia that when this girl is a literal sister to me so I'm assured that even when I go there I have friends that I can go visit their homes knowing that at least I'm home, you know, at least I have a home away from home over here and I'm not so alone. And I think that's kind of what makes that change a little easier to envision. Mm -hmm. I'm not too worried now thinking that like, at least I might have a family over there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the same for me because although I was going from California to Iowa, we had friends who are an hour and a half away from Iowa City who would come see me whenever I got homesick I would go visit them and so I was in Des Moines some so many times that my undergraduate studies that it didn't feel too far from home which Mm -hmm. was nice Mm -hmm. what else are you worried about or looking forward to about moving um I would say the workload (laughs) oh yes like I know I've been trying to tell myself, you know, to make it easier, just tell yourself it's going to get harder from this point, like realistically speaking, but the workload is something a little iffy to imagine because, you know, you, I saw you actually over here working on papers until like three in the morning or five in the morning. I've personally like pulled all nighters working on a few assignments here. Yay, IB, (laughs) but um, it's still it's still a little like hard or like scary to picture because you know you you're really pushed to do great you know and there are no excuses I would say for 
college because you chose what you want to study. Exactly. You chose the major you want to do. So that means you're you're responsible for all of the things you'll be doing afterwards. So that means you're responsible if you don't do as great as you wanted. You're quite frankly irresponsible if you fail. Mm-hmm. You're responsible if you're past. So you know it's that pressure again of keeping up with the workload. I would say that's one thing that kind of makes me nervous too. Mm-hmm. I will say you're right. <laughs> it definitely gets harder before it gets easier. But I think it's the workload because in the U.S. our system was you would take the same set of classes all year from August to June. And you stop in the winter for a break, but you resume the same course. So you're taking this class over a whole year. Now you get to college and you're doing those classes in 16 weeks. So not only is it fast paced, but the difference between high school and college was also high school. There's more busy work for you to have. It balances your exam scores and your homework scores. Mm -hmm. But then in college, you'll find some classes where you're only graded on exams and lab, and that's it. And you're you're taking these exams you've never had before. So it's not only are you adjusting to college and being away from home, now you're adjusting to taking a class in a short amount of time. Some schools are even on quarter system because that's semester. So quarter system is even a more concise um, workload. And then it's just a compilation of things and life changes that just make it much, much harder to adjust. But why I say it gets harder before it gets easier is because soon enough you're going to be done adjusting to the life changes and like you're going to understand how college works. You're going to understand how you learn best. And even though you're changing classes every semester, it will get easier because you know what's expected of you and how you can do it best. Mm -hmm. At least... Okay, hearing that from someone who's gone through kind of makes it easier to envision. But I will say, overall, I'm very, very excited for this chapter of life. You know, I'm not usually a fan of change. That aspect of change, like, I remember moving back from Addis to Nairobi again was, oh gosh, it was so dynamic. It was something that I had to remember, like, coping with home again. I missed my friends back there. I missed the school. I just missed how life was. And that change, I guess just accepting that things have changed wasn't really easy. But in due time, it happened, you know? I just had to sort of tell myself, it's okay to feel like you're not doing this fast enough. You're not expected to accept change as quickly as you want. But it does take time, you know? You have to still ground your footing. You still need to stand firm and kind of learn how to recope with everything again you know adapting to something doesn't happen in an instant it right. does take time so I would I will say me trying to be easier with myself because I'm usually so hard and tough on myself I just told myself calm down you know it's okay to feel like you're not doing this fast enough or the way you want it to go but it'll be okay like there's nothing to worry about. It's just how life goes. I think that's what made this shift easier. And I think keeping that same mentality when I go to college, and I will say for anyone, keeping that mentality of telling yourself that this isn't easy, but I can do it, is what will really push you to just kind of embrace that new change that's on its way. Yeah. And so for you, was it mainly hard to adjust because you're leaving up the people that you knew or was it 
moving in the middle of high school, what was, do you think, the biggest factor that brought on these anxieties? I think the biggest factor was um, a combination of both. I was thinking, okay, at first I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be making like new friends. It's just going to be this new chapter of my life. You know, I can redefine who I am because I'm going to a new place. You know, that's what you tell yourself to be optimistic. Right. But it's not that easy all the time. Yeah. You kind of catch yourself missing how life was back before, you know, missing how you do things with your friends over there mm-hmm. versus here. And even that idea of moving midway through high school, it was very weird. I'm glad I did move like at like 11th grade because that would have been so much, way more chaotic. Mm-hmm. So I moved at a time when I was able to transition into something harder mm-hmm. and I was able to better cope with it. And I think what made it easier is just me telling myself, it's just two years, you know? It's true. Like two years and then you finally go somewhere where you'll you'll properly have the place to yourself to like define and shape. So I think telling myself that kind of motivated me, but it wasn't until, you know, it's easier said than done. So it wasn't until I got here that I realized, despite what I was telling myself, it's so hard. Mm. Like, it's not easy. I can't help but miss my friends. I can't help but miss how easy things were back then. I don't have to, I didn't have to stay up until like two in the morning working on a paper or making sure I don't miss a deadline or something like that. But again, I think taking a step back and taking a breath and telling yourself it's okay to miss these things, but you know, life goes on. So you just have to cope with it. Just take a breath look back at the good times but tell yourself we're walking ahead you know we're moving forward i think that's what made me calm those anxieties down a bit more Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say before we go i would want you to share one thing you would tell someone who's about to go through change and what are you most looking forward to in your next phase of life so um first what i'm really looking forward to in my next phase is independence i know my parents are going to be like, what do you mean? Like, weren't we good enough? They were credits to my parents, you know. But I'm really looking forward to just having a, like, having a place to myself where I can navigate through the world with what they've taught me and what I've gained over the years and mm-hmm. just putting that to action. I just, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to making new friends, exploring a city or a whole culture I've never been exposed to before. That's something I'm really looking forward to and for anyone who is really just getting ready for that next chapter of their lives whether it's moving to a different school whether it's just starting a whole new like chapter of their lives maybe postgraduates and like people that are just starting endeavors and business plans and everything I don't know all of those people in their different walks of life I will say be easy on yourself when you're coming to change you know change is inevitable it's bound to happen and sometimes it's a beautiful process and sometimes it's a painful one sometimes it's even both but what's important is to remember to be easy on yourself it's not going to be all butterflies sunshine and rainbows when you're adjusting with change it's going to include loss it's going to include pain it's going to include a bit of detachment from something that you hold so dearly but at the end of the day you know there's a lesson behind all of those chapters of your life and this new change that you're walking into holds something very special for you that you need in this season and the next seasons that you'll be going to so take it easy be easy on yourself don't blame yourself just because let's say you're not adjusting the way you want it to 
be aware of your mental well-being just kind of look out for yourself mentally physically spiritually even if you need to take refuge like maybe meditating or just taking a step back going on walks and just reflecting on how you're feeling in this chapter it'll make it'll make your process your processing of that change a whole lot easier and i think the one thing to always i think remember the one quote i always tell myself to just remember that change is inevitable is life goes on you know mm. so you'll lose people you'll gain people you'll go somewhere you'll dip at the end of the day life goes on all for today's episode cindy thank you so so much for joining me today i think you spoke so many truths about transition and being gentle with yourself when it comes to change and understanding that people adjust at different paces so your pace may be different but that doesn't mean that you are not transitioning well and i am so so excited for you next year i can't wait to facilitate that transition hopefully in any way and so thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story and speaking to what you know i loved our conversation and whoever is listening thank you for joining today i hope you enjoyed the episode as well and wrote down some few pointers that cindy spoke because i know i was and that is all so i will see you guys next time and thank you bye